0: Hello and welcome to a very special edition of Cavalry Rides with Corey Moss, myself, A.B. Phenom, and we have our gracious host on Rave Radio, the founder of Rave Publications, Gary K. How are you, Gary?
1: Great, guys. How are you guys doing over there?
0: We are tired. Uh,
1: Running on you. (laughs) you. Well, you know, I I will say, first of all, it's awesome that you guys are willing to get up in the middle of the night and and let me join you. Uh, the fact that you're willing to do that is awesome. We are also running on very little sleep because we, um, you know, when you're dealing with uploading thousands of videos literally overnight and uh, o- during the day, you get bandwidth funnels no matter how well you set up the, the broadband connection at a convention center. And um, so we're here every night really late getting caught up and stuff because uh, uploading videos very difficult compared to uploading just audio. Oh,
0: yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I remember
1: uh, well.
0: I remember InfoCom 2013 Gary the first time I got to fly out and meet you guys in Orlando. And one night I was walking back from being out all night and in the middle of this dark road this car started to slow down next to me and I'm thinking oh great people <laughs> need to fight with me here in Orlando on the, side of the road. Oh yeah, that's yeah. where they pick fights in Orlando. Yeah. So it's it's like 1 in the morning and then they they slow down and then they start to pull away. Um, and I'm thinking oh good and then they stop again and then they start to back up and I'm like wow they can't even wait to heckle me they want to start <laughs> backing up you know and uh, it happened to be Sarah and your team and they had just left uh, the convention center doing video uploads so yeah. I- unfortunately,
1: I it's, uh, unfortunately there's no perfect system uh, there's a lot of money to be made for the company that can build a portable remoteable, a uh, high bandwidth system to upload uh, content, but uh, that'll come in the future, I'm sure. We, I think our, the application's a little farther ahead than the technology. Mm.
2: You know, I think um, Mark told me that story, but you know what, Gary, uh, you know, thinking last night is you guys must spend late hours, you know, uploading content, and, uh, and and I gotta tell you, looking at your coverage, and I know I tweeted out a few things yesterday, yeah. uh, you guys have been doing it since, what, 2010 over there at uh, ISC? Well,
1: this is our uh, fifth ISE, so whatever that is. Yeah, 2010.
2: Yeah, that's yes. exactly right. Well, I got to tell you, I mean, you guys, you know, what you do there is uh, is really phenomenal. Just the coverage almost, and I called it end-to-end coverage, uh, what you guys do there because, um, you know, it, it, again, it's what you guys put on Rave, the content and the videos uh, and, and everything else is just, you know, and Joel does a heck of a job. And, and I got to tell you, I always tell Sarah how much, how fantastic she is because working with her uh, ever since I started, and I don't know if you remember how I started with you, Gary, but um, ever since I started with you guys, you know, just the, the great work Sarah does. Uh, I consider her one of the greatest editors in the industry. Um, and, uh, you know, it's such a pleasure. And Emily, too, I've gotten to know Emily at this point. And she did, I got to tell you, she did a tremendous job helping me coordinate this Gary. She really did. I mean, you know, this was, for me, it was the first time, you know, doing anything like this, uh, you know, with ISC coordinating cavalry rides and the exec tech talk show. And again, Emily was fantastic with that. You know, this went like clockwork. It really, I was, I was thoroughly, thoroughly impressed and happy with it.
0: Good. Good to hear so what have you been? What have you been spending your time on over there, Gary? Did you get to go to the? Uh, I know you do your crystal ball for Almo. Did you get to go here, Lars Thompson, do his 520 weeks into the future?
1: Yes, uh, I did. I actually we attended the keynote. We actually uh, wrote a story on it, and, and uh, we we have a little video. We'll eventually edit and put together all the highlights. I thought it was interesting. I think he was challenged a lot. There were a lot of people that were not happy with his keynote because they felt like that he was um, was. I think in some ways talking down to an audience, that's already pretty highly technical, but in other ways they just didn't agree with it. And, wow. uh, but, but you know, that's what happens when you're sort of being a futurist is that you, you have to, people love you and have to people hate you. And, um, that's I weird. thought he did a really good job managing the, the sort of the, the audience. And I thought, I listen, I would much rather listen to someone like that than to listen to a paid, um, a paid sponsored speaker because some paid sponsored speakers are good, but, a lot of them are just speaking because they're getting paid, and they don't really have the passion about it, or they talk about their own products mm-hmm. and this target sure. to sell. They and you sell
2: find,
0: products.
2: yeah, you find a lot of bias in that, I guess, too, Gary. <laughs> and that's yep. a big problem with people doing keynote. And you, and you as a keynote speaker, I tell you what, I saw you at the Almo uh, DC event. Um, I was. My biases I, are pretty clear. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, your biases are clear. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, Gary, it's funny because smart home technology, I really hadn't considered it. But after your keynote and all, it was very, very interesting. And you must really have perspective when watching keynote speakers uh, and your takeaways and all. It's
1: just different because being on the side of delivering to you know a few hundred people or whatever it might be is I know what that person's having to go through and how they're trying to read the audience. Hmm. And, you know, I thought he did a great job, but I, th- I thought it kicked off a great show. Listen, he had this keynote. They had a reception afterwards. The next day, the show opens, and they already have more people that went through day one of the show than went through the show last year. So they're going to wow. set a full record here. It's going to be well above fifty-one thousand, which was last wow. year's attendance. The show floor is packed. Um, you'll as you watch the videos we've shot, or or you listen to any of the podcast, you'll hear and see how busy this show is, and it, that shows really well for Infocom coming up in June. It's going to be a big show. It's going to be a huge. Uh, it's going to be probably the biggest infocom of all time.
2: Mm. And, and you know what? They set a record last year. Now ISC setting a record. You can almost guarantee they're going to set a record at Infocom this year. And you're going to have more exhibitors, more people attending. Uh, Mark is probably going to get stalked by somebody again. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> comes with, comes middle with, of the
0: night.
1: Comes, comes with a game. But I, I did. Um, there are some things I could talk about if you're interested in hearing about some of the things I've yeah. noticed here. Oh yeah! So so yesterday, uh, Corey, you'll like this because uh, I know you're a big uh, uh, Windows fan. The <laughs> oh, Microsoft
2: no, Windows 8, Windows. 10. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, we, well uh, Microsoft launched um, launched the Surface Hub yesterday, and I was there. I actually recorded the press conference, so that's up on our website now. If you want to watch it, you yeah. might find it interesting, Corey, because it was interesting sort of their pitch. It was I thought Microsoft has a great product, and they're just like. It's almost like they're in an alternate universe in launching the product because they—it's almost like they're launching it with a with a plan and they don't deviate from the plan. So they were—they launched a great product, a great technology that will be successful in our industry, regardless of how it's distributed to the industry. People will buy it, even smart technologies. The CEO I interviewed yesterday admitted it—a yeah. successful product. But what's funny about it is they're using whatever pitch that someone at Microsoft put together to talk about how large screen displays can be used for displaying an incredible amount of awesome detail in big data world that, mm. that was their whole pitch was like look how awesome <laughs> this thing is how pitching big data and it was, like, it was sort of like i don't think they clearly they weren't intentionally talking down to the A V integrator they just didn't realize that look we have to tailor our audience the audience that was here like the first questions after that the press conference is well what's the resolution and you know how how heavy is it, and how do you mount it? And it was, you know, it was, it was integration questions
2: yeah. rather than
1: use application questions.
2: Oh God, yeah. The,
1: the use application experience that they did display was very interesting.
2: Yeah. Really and, you, cool. and you know what? That's what you'd hope to. Uh, how many four K questions were there, Gary? There must have been a slew of four K questions. All, right? all the
1: questions were four K.
2: Oh man, I tell you. <laughs> so, anyway, Gary, we've outlawed a certain word. Okay, it's game-changing. Exactly. Yeah. But anyway, on those lines, without using the word, what do you consider Microsoft now with the Surface Hub? And, you know, really they're a big entry into the industry now.
1: Well, I'm excited about it because I, would, I think it will bring attention to our industry. And that's what I think is great for everyone. Um, I don't consider it a game-changing product. If you take a look at the, the, quite honestly, the 84-inch from Smart Technologies – you look at the Mondo. I mean, these products have existed. We've 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 been integrating these products for a couple of years now. Maybe not 4K, but outside of that, everything else is there. I don't. I would definitely not consider the Windows 10 interface to be a game-changing <laughs> interface by any
2: means. <laughs> right, right.
1: I think I think it's good. It's definitely seemed to be more reliable, and it's definitely a better user interface than their past couple of interfaces. But um, I think you know if you watch that interview I did with the smart CEO, I thought he was pretty on on. Uh, on, on uh, Target there when he said, it's gonna raise everybody's uh, um, value in the industry. Yeah, Bene- benefit yeah. From it. Def- and,
2: by, and by the way, I did see that, and and I do wanna say Neil Gaiden stole the term disruptive from me, cause you know I'm the <laughs> disruptive guy on RAID. Yeah. But you know, I tell you what, I am interested in what Smart Technologies is doing and how they're, and I, and I, I saw you did something with Jeff Flo too. Yeah. But, you know, what they're considering the, considering the Microsoft and compared to theirs and Cap and, and all of that. Well, they're well, focused you,
1: on Cap, heavily focused on Cap.
0: Yeah, yeah Mark?
2: With, with um,
0: you know, Corey and I were talking, if, if Microsoft does another 100 by 100, how many 84-inch surfaces does it take to fill 10,000 square feet?
1: I don't know. If They have a huge booth. It's, it's interesting. They have a huge booth here as well. Huge, huge. And they have four smart hubs in there, but the booth is packed. And wow. I think it's, you know, you, you you have Microsoft in a show like this, you're going to be packed. If, if someone put an Apple logo in the middle of a blank space in the floor, everybody would fill it.
2: Everybody run to it. <laughs>
1: so so <laughs> it's going to be packed because it's Microsoft. I think, again, I would say, Mark, look, I think having the brand Microsoft at Infocom is good for industry and really should have been there two or three years ago. The other thing is Cisco, crazy that they have not put their routers here at the trade Isn't why the sure? like why are they not making those available to our industry why are they making us go through this complicated distribution structure when everything is going to the network and they want to sell
0: more router I, right why is why is sbsi or high vision or just add power not bringing that partnership to them yeah you know? I, mean, I, I think
1: that they will i think that the problem is we're like a little blip, like we're like a little rock on the side of a mountain of technology, and we're just not that big to those segments of the industry. We're just like a little part of it. Um, but I think it'll come. I think it'll come. Uh, there are some rumors even about Apple potentially participating in uh, ISC next year and, and, and potentially Enflip. And not necessarily with a booth, but with some other stuff that they're doing
2: you know, and I, and I'll tell you, if Apple comes to Infocom with Microsoft, then you can have booth attendance records. Uh, probably, oh, yeah. With them. yeah. No.
1: I think. you um, know th- I mean, there's there's some other you know really interesting. I'll tell you, ISE 2014. One thing that people are going to remember about the show is, I think, people are shifting away from doing product introductions around trade shows because here you have two chunk shows that are in the beginning of the year, and the middle of the year. You know, I went to. You know, Mark, you'll be interested in this. I went to the milestone booth yesterday, and yep. cheap, and they don't have a whole bunch of product launches. They're basically showing, look, here's what we do, are doing in applications. Here's how we're integrating and partnering with other companies. They're focused on even the Brightlink Epson partnership, and they're focused on other partnerships that they and and, uh, and Daylight have done. Um, and I think what's happening is that now we're going go to go. We're going to see trade shows get back to more like the experience was. Uh, 20 years ago, which was, it's a networking experience, it's an educational experience, and that's really the value proposition for it. And, oh, by the way, we're going to launch a few products here, but the products are, you know, we have technologies like this. We're live on a, on a video conference right. using, you know, uh, a software that's not thousands of dollars, and uh, we can do this. So we don't have to launch products around trade shows yet. Really yeah, right.
0: so what's Sarah, what's Sarah going to do when 20,000 press releases don't come out in June? <laughs> I'll
1: tell you, it would be nice if they would spread the press releases out because one of the th- problems we have is filtering through which press releases we already saw three months ago that were just rewritten with a new date and which yep. one's are actually new product. So we always have that issue. But, uh, you know, listen, we, we appreciate what marketing uh, people do in, all, in, uh, in manufacturers. It's a lot of work. Um, you're always walking a balance of trying to get your message out there, but not trying to overload your message. And we respect that. And our our mission has always been to give the the pro e v channel as much information as possible, however we can deliver it. And earlier, you were saying, uh, Corey, you were saying, um, you know how how uh, how awesome rave is, and I appreciate that. But You're part of rave. I mean, you guys, I look at I, I look at you guys as just as part of rave as I wish you guys would have been here. I wish we could have found a way to.
2: I so wish we raised more than fifty dollars, Gary. I well, you, that. <laughs> That's uh, you know, It's interesting.
1: Even though you're not here, you're gonna see the impact of the the interviews that you've done and we'll see the impact of the interviews that we've done here and the interviews we've done this way. Yeah. And it's all gonna be a benefit to the integrator. However they get the information, it's a benefit to the integrator. And and we'll you know, by between now and infocom, we're gonna figure out some way to uh, to make sure that um, you guys are integrated into everything.
2: And so you know, what's interesting, I'm sorry, Mark, what's interesting on the Cavalry Ride Show, and you know what we do on the Cavalry Ride Show, Gary, you know, you got the drive time comedy and all, but we have great tech talk. And this morning, I got to <laughs> tell you, uh, well, you know, you um, know, But this morning was great because, you know, we had good people on this morning from Denon Pro and uh, and RGB Spectrum and even uh, Ivan Bachmayan, who's the new CEO of Physiology, a spinoff from Polymedia and their manufacturing. But I got to tell you, we also had John Green on. And John Green's, you know, a a good guest on our show. But he came from the integration side. And, you know, he asked a lot of good questions from that side. I think integrators who are watching or listening to the Calvary Show this morning, as well as the exec tech talk show yesterday, you're going to get a lot of good information out of it.
1: Yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, I think, listen, people want, people want people who'll be honest. They, and that's the, the frustration that you get with reading just a press release. And how, that's why we don't just rerun a press release on our website. We, we extrapolate the information that is the important information and the information that's going to matter to the integrator. And then we throw all the rest of the information out. I wish more companies would write press releases like, The way that Chief writes press releases, for example. Mm -hmm. There people just give you the core elements. We can almost cut and paste what they write. We can't totally. We can almost cut and paste what they write. They take out a few of the superlatives here and there. That might uh, help us a little bit. Every (laughs) manufacturer. Uh, But, yeah,
2: I'm with you.
1: Disruptive, game-changing, all that stuff is hilarious. Every press release we get now has some term like that.
2: Isn't that amazing? Everybody's using disruptive and disruption. I mean, Gary, you know I started this, right? (laughs) You know this. I've
1: heard that many times.
2: I've heard it over and
1: over.
0: Corey started started it like Al Gore started the (laughs) internet. Right. I invented disruptive. He didn't. I thought he yeah. did start. I thought he did almost well, the question. The question on everybody's mind: Who might be listening? Who listens to cavalry rides? Um, what were you thinking, signing us up to do this thing? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I was right. thinking, why would these guys get up in the middle of the night to
2: this? <laughs> No, to do you know, cavalry rides in itself, Gary, because you know coming to us, you know, with the Twitter site and everything, and how popular it got, and asking us to do the cavalry ride show. I guess that's what Mark is saying. What your thought process was behind it to start this uh, this show? So why would why would Rave why would Rave want to be
0: in that train wreck?
2: Yeah, <laughs> it is a train wreck, you know.
0: I think it's perfectly
1: aligned with our mission, which is to uh, deliver. Uh, content, deliver information to integrators with an opinion that helps them evaluate better uh, whether or not they should be playing in that segment of the market or, or with that product, that technology, and so on. And so, forth. people, listen: th- you may not agree with Bill O'Rourke. you may not agree with whoever you might watch on TV. Whether you're a, a conservative who watches Fox or a, a liberal who watches CNN and Anderson Cooper, you may not agree with what these people have to say you respect the fact that they actually have an opinion and you respect the fact that they're willing to put themselves out there and and that's what I think people really like. I think people don't like the news um, where you you feel like you're sort of getting preached to or you feel like you're being misled because you're being told that this is fact when in fact it's opinion. People like the fact that when they turn on Bill O'Reilly they know it's opinion. That's sort of the way we look at it is that look we are an opinionated news source and we're, we're skewed towards the value proposition of the integrator. If we see a product or a technology, which, and that first question I asked Microsoft, first question is how are they going to distribute product? Are they going to go through the a pro B industry? Are they only going to go through the, the, the distribution channels, consumer channels? Because if they are, I don't think it matters to us. I mean, to us, it's just going to be a box that people put in. You know, people have to put in Apple TVs, and systems, but you can't make any money doing
0: it. Yeah. Yeah it's, it's a, yeah it's a great that's a great question because you know with their model I mean I used to work for IBM so you know that big box distribution model was there but when they started when they started that you know they upset a lot of their a lot of their bars as well right because they had this traditional base of people that were value added resellers and it will be very interesting to see exactly how they decide to sell it
2: and you know Gary right, can't, i tell you can't I'm tell through software. Yeah I'm sorry I just wanted to say you know I was in integration for about 15 years and I jumped out but I may actually jump back into it and something like the Microsoft Surface Hub uh, hub, I may I might if I'm integration look at that and to go along with smart cap and all um, you know I might say you know this is phenomenal I want to spec this on jobs and I think it could be a win uh, the way it is now.
1: If I were starting an integration company if I were going to start an integration company today, I would start a company that focused on just doing digital signage. That is a huge, huge, great opportunity, oh, yeah. and it's going to keep getting bigger and bigger. And the people that can provide not just the hardware but can provide the creative content are going to make a fortune. So if I were if I were starting from scratch, I'd be going after all the local businesses that can use in, uh, uh, digital signage, and, and I'd be the content manager for that as well. Uh, There's so much opportunity in there, and it really frustrates me that our industry has not
2: embraced digital science as quickly as we should have. Right, exactly. Yeah, I remember
0: writing in a blog that if you were in an AV integration company, you should be looking to pull content in as a service, and and the first comments were, no, that's better for us to partner to do that. And it was very strange to me. It's like, why wouldn't you want to bring that expertise in-house and get the recurring monthly revenue? Hey, at least
1: partnering is, at least you're getting a piece of it now. There's a lot of integrators out there, Mark, that don't get any of it. They're not partnering yeah. or, or anything. So I think that, um, I mean, like I think the digital science market is exploding. It's it's amazing how fast that segment market is growing. And, of course, the interactive uh, um, meeting room, huddle room, collaborative uh, wireless conferencing market, That's good. if you could put together prepackaged systems, whether you decide to use Prestron or AMX or Extron or, or smart or whoever you decide to use you can make a lot of money doing this pre-packaged systems i think it's um full full-fledged integration i think uh that would be not that would not be a business that, that i would uh go into but i would go into the pre-packaged integration or the or the uh digital science segment of the market i think those are just um, right for the picking right now in the industry Hey, Gary, uh,
2: we had, again, we had Ivan Vakmayan at uh, Visiology Polymedia on this morning. You talk about another thing, the flip box. uh, And I've known Ivan for a long time and uh, and Elena Novakova, the CEO. And so what they just did, if you're not familiar, you may be, is they actually split off their whole R&D and manufacturing into Visiology, where Ivan is now the CEO. There's another one to add into the mix.
1: Right. And they... I believe, I mean, I don't, I don't, I haven't, I, I do know them and I know their product and I know that they were in the, the Corning booth last year, the year, before they had a private suite. And uh, I, I covered a, a couple of videos on the product because I was curious how they were doing some of the stuff they were doing. I suspect what they're going to do then is then license the technology. Is that the idea behind this new company or are they, are they just going to build a finished product?
2: Or do um. you know? Well, uh, it's a good question. I don't know if I have in-depth on that. They're brand new in terms of uh, physiology and partnered with, who was that? Uh, Legomaster. Um, yep. So that's the partnership with the display technology and you know, they have the Flipbox, the Flipbox software, they have their uh, video wall control <laughs> software solution. And I'm very familiar with it from working with them for a little while uh, last year. But their strategy now, I mean, you talk about an integrator that is also a manufacturer, and, you know, that you don't see. But, you know, the very smart move was to break that off, and, you know, Avant certainly is highly capable of running that. Um, And I think, you know, strategically, uh, you know, they can be a force at this point.
1: And they have a unique technology. I mean, uh, and and their interface is actually a really nice interface. So uh, that whole, again, I think Microsoft brings – uh, a good uh, opportunity for our industry for exposure. It's going to help our industry grow uh, unless unless they try to you know, work against us, which I don't know why they would spend the kind of money they're spending over there in that hall right. to work against us and the amount of money they're spending at Infocom to work against us. But we'll, we'll know better. The product, by the way, isn't going to ship until late fall, early uh, winter. That's what yeah, we heard heard, yeah,
0: we heard that. Yeah. That it was an, an end of the year product. So not only is it a uh, a me too product, but it's a me too later product. Me too later, eh? right? And,
1: <laughs> and you know the, the problem with that, because it is Microsoft, they could actually slow down the sales of that segment of the industry because there could be yeah. a whole bunch of companies oh, yeah. that might wait, buy a bunch of product, uh, you know, including mouths and screens, for a while because they're waiting to see what Microsoft actually comes out with. So yeah. that that temporarily could have an impact on our industry.
2: And you know what, uh, Gary? Yeah, I'm sorry. There could be revs that come out uh, in between now and then and have to stay on top of that and customers. Like right now, for example. Yeah, right now, for an example
1: is that um, they aren't clearly stating whether there's going to be compatibility with iOS, there's going to be compatibility with Mac OS, there's going to be compatibility with Android. They intimated that it would be. But they haven't clearly stated it, and those are the kind of questions that people are going to ask. Because you put in a product like this and say it's wireless collaboration. Oh, but oh, by the way, it doesn't work with Apple. You know, they may, well, they may say, well, that's only you know eight percent of the market. But it's not eight percent of the market when you look at the people that are actually using collaboration systems. It's probably more like twenty five or thirty percent. So yeah, I think uh, you know they have they're going to have to you know hopefully they thought this out. That's all I have to say. Hopefully, yeah. they'll, I mean, hopefully they're here because they want to serve the industry and help the industry. Right,
2: right.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. And it, you were talking earlier about Lars's talk and him saying some things that were, were maybe controversial. If you had to pick right. something out of that talk that really sat with you about uh, something you thought he nailed, what do you think it was?
1: I mean, I think the message of uh, the fact that that, that technology is an evolving thing all the time and that there's no finished. I think is, is the take home. I think, uh, uh, and that we all can't just assume that everything's going to stay the way it is now. That things that change in our industry is inevitable due to technology. In fact, I don't know if you saw the video I did. Um, I was really impressed with this company called Division. They have that technology that's taking video and audio and putting it on the network and actually making it in network packets and, and, and distributed over the network. Right. Listen, that, that has that has an opportunity to actually displace hd T and actually yeah. become, you know, a video and audio networking standard like Dante for uh, systems. Um, that listen, like that's a little teeny 10 by 10 booth at this show. I can mm-hmm. see them in three years being the size of Cisco um, yeah. because they'll they're licensing their technology. They're making a chip that you can put inside of your product, or you can they have a reference design that you can use and go off and build your own product. I could absolutely see them become a huge company, like sort of like TI did with the DLP technology. Yeah, yeah. Um, somebody, yeah. I mean, they're building the chip. I mean, it's, it's going to be them um, or another chip company because uh, everybody's going to eventually put everything onto
0: that. Yeah. Well, it's okay. funny. It's funny that you talk about that because when we had uh, Daniel Schwartzberg from HD based T Alliance on yesterday, you know, I asked him, "Is is there? You know, since HD based T does use." You know, Pam, just like an Ethernet switch does, is there the potential to add HD base T ports, just like you would add 10 G ports to a normal Ethernet switch? And he said no because it's not packetized the same way. Um, And so it it seems like that'll always be a parallel technology. And with somebody like you're talking about, people want this stuff to be integrated together. Um, Right. And
1: HD base is a band aid. Yeah. It's really a band aid, right? I mean, it's not. It's not. How long is that really going to last? Because people aren't going to want to keep analog and analog and digital and digital the way that they're doing. The people are going to want to do what Corey's been writing about, and talking about for years, and that is put it on the network and make it part of the network. And yep. that's that's ultimately the problem has been we don't have we haven't the technology hadn't caught up with that one. But you know, of course, this has this does require 10 gigabit switches, which means that you have to change your infrastructure. Sure. How far are we, are we from changing our infrastructure anyway? I mean, how far yep. are away in Corey? You know better. Me. how far are we from having 10 gigabit switchers and everything
2: yeah um you know that that's a good question probably not too so uh you know i mean again gary a lot of these things are to be seen on the it side and of course with the integrators again you're right why doesn't cisco bring you know i said this last year why aren't bringing the routers and switches i mean you know to, to Infocon, it to isc and info
1: i don't understand oh, I- you know I think, I think it's a disconnect again they look at us as like this mountain of technology we're like a little pebble on the side of the hill it's, they don't really see us they, they don't they, and the funny thing is if you took a look at all the bandwidth running through commercial applications all over the world, I bet we've touched at least 50% I mean because if you look at the amount of bandwidth that's required for video and all those high-end video conferencing systems, That's a huge amount of balance. Who put those things in? It wasn't AT&T. It wasn't Verizon. It was AV integrated.
0: Well, I I thought that we might have missed this opportunity with this new big IPv6 rollout for the Internet of Things, because if we're already getting people in the mode of having to change their switches for addressing, why not recreate, redo the backplane at that point and make these things audio-video capable? I mean... you sound like John Chambers of Cisco. Sorry. (laughs) That's what he (laughs) did. You know, and when you talk about Cisco bringing stuff to the show, you know, I was at, a, uh, I was at an annual meeting for an integrator the other day, and, and listening to their strategy for the year, um, they were talking about looking at companies like SVSI and things like that, just keeping them on their radar, they're a big restaurant house, um, using DM and 4K and all that, but, uh, you know, their, their gut reaction was, even in that meeting, that they didn't want to touch the network gear. So i think some of this is integrator driven too right i mean if we're not asking for it then why do they bring it to us
1: yeah no question in fact this is similar to the problem our industry has had for years and that is we can sell widgets you hand something to someone we can sell it but we can't sell services Mm -hmm. We, we as an industry we can't sell software and as an industry we stay away from the network because it is sort of this thing that's in the air, and we don't really understand it. It doesn't have a connector. It doesn't have a red, a green, and a blue connector, and it doesn't have horizontal, vertical, clearly marked. So to us, it's sort of like this thing that they don't get. Um, and, uh, but I do think that's changing. I think that, uh, listen, if you're in the digital science market, you're doing network integration. If oh, you're yeah. doing home AV, you're network integration. Mm-hmm. The commercial side, now that they started doing collaboration systems, click share. Um, um, whatever you know, at all, all these companies that do these wireless collaboration systems, those are scratching the surface of forcing you to get on the network. Control systems now all force you to get on the network. We're again, we aren't too far, a couple of years, three years away from every AV integrator having to be a network. Uh, and I've I've said for years that uh, at least the last eight or ten years that the best certification out there is a CCNA certification and yeah, CCNA certification. Absolutely. They're Absolutely. freely available to everyone. You do have to spend a few hundred dollars, but there are you know, they're, they're three, four, five-day classes, depending on which one you take, and you will become a network expert. You'll be able to understand how things work on the network and and be able to put any, any equipment on the network that you would use in an AV system.
2: Hey, Gary, I know integrators that are bringing in CCNEs and CCNAs, and uh, I know I actually know a few of them. And I got to tell you, I think that's the best strategy that integrators can can have right now to bring in those Cisco certified people to really get out there and do more than, you know, just the video conferencing, build the infrastructure. Um, when you when you can build IT infrastructure around everything, I think you bring some of the greatest advantage to your company and, uh, you know, the industry on the whole. I agree with you 100%.
0: But, but wait a second! You guys are talking about bringing IT skill sets to AV. What what is going on?
1: Well, we're making it standardized. Uh, that's, a scary, that's a scary thought, though, right? I mean, we we won't be able to make up any terms and make up make up names for things anymore. We'll have to use the stuff that everybody else uses. I <laughs> we were talking about. I was talking to someone the other day. I was like, we should put together just a list of all of the words we've made up in the industry over just the just last uh, years, and it would be hilarious because. You know, and and most of the words we made up have capital letters in the middle of the word too. Yes. So uh, word?
2: Like cavalry. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and right I, with the capital A V, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yeah. Yeah. You know, hey, Gary, uh, video conferencing, you know, in collaboration, obviously, you know where I am with that. And um, I got to tell you, it just grows bigger and bigger by uh, by the month at this point. And, you know, you got your big companies out there. We actually met with the CEO, uh, the CEOs of two companies. We met with uh, Simon Tigre of Pexip and uh, Tom Eric Lee of the Dexio yesterday. Really two visionaries in the industry uh, coming out of Tanberg, you know, now and you talk about cloud, you talk about VM, and you know, just all of these solutions coming out. You've uh, got Hano, you've got, it? you know, Corey B- Froze. B- what? Corey Froze.
1: I saw him. I'm here. Oh, okay. Cool. Wait. He didn't fix me.
2: Do you, do you, do you oh, I'm back. Okay. there okay, you go. Uh, here I am. Um, but anyway, I don't know where I left off. But you know, Pexip, Apecano, uh, Videxio, Blue Jeans, and they all have different models. You know, the Cloud VM uh, Video. Actually, I just read where Barco has partnered with Video uh, at this point, Gary, and that's a very big deal. So the video conferencing collaboration space just gets to be more defined. Have you visited with them there? And you know, what's your yeah. thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I, uh, I I think what's interesting is going to be. Um, You know, Hexap had a, uh, all those guys that you mentioned, a lot of them, had a unique uh, cloud-based, whatever you want to call it, SaaS-based, or uh, um, software-based video conferencing stuff, video conferencing technology. But now you've got the big guys, Cisco, Polycom, Microsoft, they all have that now. I think it's going to be interesting to monitor how those companies survive. I think there's going to be some consolidation. I think it's going to be some consolidation because... I mean, you named a half a dozen companies that are all doing something very similar, almost the same way. And uh, I think you can't count out Cisco and you can't count out Polycom. They're going to still want to keep their chunk of the market. and To do it, they'll buy it if they have to.
2: Right, right. And LifeSize, too, I have to tell you, Gary, their cloud solution really busting in with that and, you know, marrying it with their hardware. I'm going to tell you upcoming, and I guess a scoop for you, uh, I interviewed Simon Dudley for my Convergent Tech project uh, on Rave, and I got to tell you, one of the most enlightening conversations I've ever had with somebody. Uh, he truly is the video evangelist, the visionary in the market as well. Um, and to talk to people like Simon, know the sea levels that I know at companies again, like Pezib, and Videxio, and Acano, and all of those, and Zoom even. Um, you know, it, it really is—you uh, know—something right now to see what's uh, what's going on in that industry. Yeah, I mean, so look at what
1: we're doing here with Zoom, like you said. I mean, this—this this, uh, two years ago, this wouldn't have been able to have been done. You'd had to have a huge—you'd have you would had to have a piece, big piece of hardware. And now, look—it's all software-based because we have compatibility of the software. So, yeah, it, it's everyone's going to want every experience to be this easy—not that this is completely easy, but this easy. At least this simple, um, as simple mm-hmm. as turning on a TV, as simple as taking a call on your phone. Uh, you know, FaceTime easy, and that's what's going to drive Cisco to fix their system. That's what's going to drive Polycom to fix theirs. It's going to drive Microsoft to make Link and whatever else they're going to call it in the future. Uh, Skype for Business, whatever, uh, work the way it works. Um, so I think that's an interesting market to keep monitoring. I'm glad we're in that segment of the market. It's exciting to monitor. It's great that you have that expertise there as well because. You know, we obviously leverage that because you know we're not experts at everything. You know, we are uh, we are sort of experiencing as it goes, and we're we're also uh, concerned for the integrator because, um, you know, we when you're starting to sell software, it's different. You know, there's there's different um, margin issues there. There's different recurring revenue opportunities, but there's also a concern. There's also a potential that you can lose a lot of money if you don't do it right. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's always been a concern of ours, but. Uh, you know the companies that are supporting our industry. Pexip is a great example of that. Of Cisco and uh, you know Logitech, even keeping the life-size brand. And, I mean, I know they've tried to sell that company a couple of times, but I think that uh, that you know they now have a better product than they've ever had. Is yeah. only good for the industry.
0: Well, Simon, I don't know if you've seen Simon. Simon has a YouTube no. video. of it. um, It's a little 20-minute talk he did in Texas on unified communications. Okay. And uh, one of the coolest things he does is he goes, the, the biggest problem we've done with this type of technology is we've called this all video conferencing. And you know, he, he says, uh, you know, if you look at a car and you look at a bicycle and you look at a skateboard, they're all human transportation devices, but we all know that one costs more than another for a reason. And we've right. done a poor job as an industry of articulating what the, what the value is of each individual type of system. That's and he kind point. of breaks that down. And it's, a, it's an amazing little talk. And he, he kind of gives a, a history of the industrial revolution revolution and world economies. And says, what's going to be our next productivity jump? You know, he said, we haven't realized, you know, increases in productivity, productivity with new highways, with airplanes, with all those things were tapped out. So really the only place we can find this productivity is through something like technology, like video teleconferencing. And that'll be our next piece um, to go. So it's an interesting thing that he talks about. And he talks about it very um, agnostically, not about it through life size, right. which is which is a great reason. If anybody hasn't seen it, I'll put up the link again. But it's a great little video to watch. And, and as an integrator selling video teleconferencing, probably probably something to brush up on so you know how to tell the story the right way.
2: So, and you know what? Yeah, that's, it's actually. A, I'm uh, sorry, Gary. I noticed. I noticed with Simon when I talk. He is agnostic. He mentions other companies. I'm agnostic too to my writing, and that's why Simon and I identified very closely with all of that. I'm sorry, Gary. Go ahead. Yeah,
1: no, I was. I was going to agree. That's a great analogy uh, because a bike gets you where you want to go. A car gets you where you want to go. So does a train and a bus. But there's different. There are definitely. There's definitely positives, pluses, and and minuses to each one of them. I mean, So that's exactly what's going on here. I mean, uh, yeah, this is not a high-definition video conference, but you know what? The content is still getting delivered. We're still getting, you know, no one really wants to see the three of us. (laughs) No. (laughs) 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 So it actually works well. But, uh, yeah, I agree with you. And I, unfortunately, have to go, guys, because I have an appointment that I have to make. Uh, I, I appreciate the opportunity to do this. I think you guys are help are uh, doing is is amazing i'm excited the fact that and you guys uh, at some point in time have to go back and go to sleep don't you yeah. <laughs> no, I so it's,
0: it's only uh what is it is it like
2: four in the morning here something like that yeah
1: like three forty-five where you are yeah yeah. you know yeah.
2: what it is here it is almost 645 no 645 yeah. yeah, it's almost seven o'clock it's time to get up yeah <laughs> so i'll have a hard crash uh you know today or tomorrow but uh yeah Hey, Gary, this is Gary well, and thank you. No, thank you,
1: guys. I've enjoyed this. It's been a lot of fun, and I really like the Zoom product. Uh, we're going to have to write a, write a little bit more about this, Corey. I'm impressed we with this.
2: certainly are. And they've got a web- new webinar product, Gary, and you can have up to, I believe, did they say three thousand people on a webinar or something
1: like that? Yep.
2: Yeah, it, on a that big,
1: but that's it's impressive.
2: unbelievable. Well, they set me up so you know with a five hundred user. So we'll talk about it, and I plan on reviewing it too. We can do something with it.
1: Yeah, we, we should do. We should definitely test out their webinar software because we actually have a webinar we need to get out there. So I'll I'll touch base with you next week, guys. I really appreciate you guys doing this. Uh, Thanks for helping uh, and being part of Rave Radio and part of Rave Publications. We're super proud of, uh, of, uh, of you guys and, and the stuff that you've done, and I know you guys are as well.
2: Well, thank you. We are. We definitely are. Thanks, Thanks so much. Yeah. Stay safe out there. Thank you.
1: All right, do I leave this on now, or do, or do I uh, – do you have somebody else coming, or do I just – No, no, we're
2: all done. We're, we're finished, and I'm about to hibernate for two days, so.
1: <laughs> all right, see you guys Bye, later. guys. Take care. Bye. Bye.